This is the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Ever wish you could re-listen to your favorite interview or segment? Do you enjoy hearing older shows for the first time in years? Then the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less is just what you need. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. John Solberg here. Welcome to this edition of the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. This episode is being brought to you by The Butcher Shop, purveyors of highly sought after 100% Australian non-crossbred Wylara 9 plus briskets, and as always, they're handpicked for you. The Butcher Shop has been retailing the finest meats for the past 15 years. Every week, they are shipping out competition quality meats to many of the biggest teams in the competition scene across the nation. Simply put, teams who use The Butcher Shop win, and they win often. Say you're not a competitor, but you still have an eye for the finer cuts. Great news, The Butcher Shop is shipping some of the finest prime, dry-aged Australian Wagyu and Japanese Wagyu steaks to people just like you and me who aspire to be the kings and queens of their cultizacs. The Butcher Shop always has Berkshire, Compart Duroc, Allegiance Duroc, and Prairie Fresh all-natural pork in stock, and again, always handpicked for you. Now you might be asking, John, all this sounds great, but what about some exotic stuff? Rest easy knowing the butcher shop can get you your next elk steak or camel roast. They'll ship it out promptly. Yes, they can get you camel. So let's review the best competition briskets. Check. The best pork selection. Check. Giving you better overall options to cook in the backyard. Check. So give the butcher shop a call today. 850-458-8782. That's 850-458-8782. Mention the Barbecue Central Show, and they're going to give you 10% off your entire order each and every time you call. You can also interact with them on their Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Butcher Shop. Shop is spelled S-H-O-P-P-E. The Butcher Shop, home of the 100% Australian non-crossbred Wylara 9 Plus briskets. And in today's show, we're going to go back to April of 2012, and Greg is going to speak with amazing pitmaster Kevin Bevington. My first guest in this hour, an award-winning competition cook. Also created the space where you see this fine video show each and every week, better known as the Outdoor Cooking Channel. Tonight we're going to give a little insight to the stick burner population and here to help me do it, friend of the show and a longtime guest and friend for me, Kevin Bevington of HomeBBQ.com. Kevin, how are you? Hey, Greg. How are you doing tonight? Doing absolutely fantastic, Kevin. Always appreciate the time. And I guess we're kind of going a little bit out of uh, uh, maybe, well, out of my comfort zone for sure since I gave away my stick burner. And, uh, I mean, for years and years you competed with the lane cookers. So, I mean, you definitely have the breadth of knowledge to talk stick burners and fire and all this stuff. I think sometimes the show gets pigeonholed a little bit as to being just kind of a competition show. So we want to make sure that we are always uh, flexing and diversifying for all the listeners uh, that take the show in. And some people are going to be venturing into buying an offset cooker. And one of the most important things that you have to know going in is how to build and maintain a proper fire. And I'm not talking about those char griller pieces of crap offset. I'm talking about a close or a gator pit or a bait or, you know, one of those five lang, of course. So, you know, when you're looking at these offset pits, and I guess they're associated more with the traditional style of barbecue, how, how does one go about, uh, before we even talk about uh, building fires, uh, you have to secure wood. It's got to be, you know, the right season. All the, What are the things you got to take into account just with fuel alone before we get into the cooking part? 
Well, a lot has to do with these days. A lot of people are using charcoal baskets. Um, uh, it, when I was cooking on an offset, I, I burned straight wood. I, I used uh, I used charcoal to get the uh, the cooker hot to begin with, and then went straight wood. So I used wood as my fuel source uh, during the cook. So I mean, these days, like I said, I mean, it, you know, people are are liking to get sleep and so forth, so they're using charcoal baskets. And, and I know there's still some some uh, wood cookers out there, and they're they're working hard. Um, but that that's going to be the consideration. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with with using charcoal on an offset and and using wood to flavor. And I mean, just very much the same as you would, you know, in, in the uh, smaller cookers that that you're that you're using. But if you're going to burn straight sticks, it's uh, uh, it, it's definitely more work. You you can't sleep uh, if you have a high amount of draft in the cooker. If it a, a good airflow like a line. Uh, you're going to be feeding that thing every every 20 to 30 minutes, and um, and and that those are the those are the considerations that you have to make. Now, I guess when you're having uh, an offset pit, you know, when I got mine, I guess I didn't initially, even though I knew it was a wood burner, I didn't think of well, where the hell am I going to get wood? Because it's not like you know wood is sold on every street corner. It's available like ice and eggs at the supermarket. You got to have right. somewhere that you can get wood. You might be paying a lot of money for it, so. When you were looking for wood, when you were you know, cooking in offsets, what did you look for? Did you look for, like, nurseries? Or did you have, like, woods that you could just go chop down trees? And then, of course, you have that whole seasoning aspect, too, right? You find a wood guy, okay? <laughs> There's wood guys that supply barbecue <laughs> restaurants. Seriously. Really? That's what you look for. I mean, yeah. Like, you, you can get into the phone book and say barbecue wood guy. You can you yeah, can you, find a wood guy. All right, so I can go to the yellow pages and say uh, barbecue wood guy. <laughs> no, <laughs> but but tree surgeons would where you'd start. I mean, uh, you know those kind of the, the guys that work on trees, uh, or go to your barbecue restaurant and find out where they're getting their wood. I mean, that's probably the easiest thing to do. They'll usually tell you. Um, I I found mine by I I happened to if I remember right I happened to you know have somebody recommend this guy to me and I had a special need. I, I wouldn't cook with anything else but hickory. Now hickory is, is prevalent in some areas down here in Florida and in North Florida, actually, you know, you go to Ocala, the forest area and above, you can find hickory, but you know, down where I'm at and, and South, it's, it's not real prevalent. So, um, you know, so it, I had a special need. I mean, you can find a lot of oak down here, you know, so that was that was no big deal. But to find hickory was was a job. And, and to find it on a regular basis to where I could keep it seasoned, ready to go, that was a job. Now, you know, so. when you talk about seasoning, probably, aside from having a source, once you find the source, the seasoning has to be probably the, the second, if not like 1A, 1B of importance. If it's not seasoned right, all bad things can happen. Yeah, well, it depends on if you're using it as a fuel source or or if you're just using it for flavor. If you're using it for flavor over charcoal, it doesn't need to be as dry as it needs to be when you're using it for fuel. Um, in fact, when you're using it as a fuel source, you're you're wanting you know as little smoke as possible. Actually, you know, so you're wanting it very dry, um, and that's the way I cooked. I mean, I cooked with very dry wood. In fact, um, whenever I could get away with it, and Claire caught me a couple times. Uh, if I got a green, I'd be baking it in the oven. <laughs> really? And the house was pretty good. Yeah, sure did. 
Uh, hey, you do whatever you have to do, you know. I mean, but uh, <laughs> but as far as also too, you get to a contest, and you know the Lang we had, you know, there was a warming box on the back of it, and uh, and it was very warm, obviously in there. Um, so I would keep the wood in there. That's how I carried it, a lot of it there. I had I had, you know uh, specific amount of sticks that I'd bring with me, and uh, I'd pack whatever I needed, you know, in there, and that's where I would grab it from. So it would be, it would already be heated as I stuck it into the, into the cooker, you know, so it'd be, it'd be still drying out, uh, you know, in the warming box. So, I mean, it's a big issue, obviously. Now, some get, some get to go to extreme. They set up rooms with fans and dehydrators and, um, yeah, I just, (laughs) I suck it in my garage um, and then dealt with it, you know, as I needed it, you know, in going to a contest. Kevin Bevington joining us here on the show. Are there woods that traditionally work better when you're using them as a fuel source versus some of the other hardwoods, or does it not really matter as long as it's seasoned okay? Want Kevin's thoughts on what species of wood you should be using? Head on over to the bbqcentralshow.com. Link in today's show notes will take you to the complete episode. While you are over at the bbqcentralshow.com, I invite you to subscribe to the newsletter. Find out what's going on on the really big Barbecue Central show every Tuesday, 9 p.m. Eastern, when Greg Rempe does it live. And don't forget to check out The Butcher Shop over on Facebook, facebook.com slash thebutchershop. Mention the Barbecue Central show for 10% off your entire order. And until next time, on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less, I am your host, John Solberg. I look forward to talking to you again soon.